and welcome to the Art and Science Punks podcast, where two lifelong learners talk about art, science, engineering, technology, and how we play with those things in our day-to-day lives. You can find the Art and Science Punks on Twitter at Art Science Punks. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hey, everybody. I am Rob Stenzinger. Tonight, we are going to talk about learning. Learning? Learning. Yes, hmm. learning. And how do, you, how do you go about learning something new? Now, that might sound like, sound like a little bit of an odd topic, but what we're going to talk about is really individually and, and together how we approach um, learning something new, how we encourage our kids to approach learning something new, taking on new challenges. But also, um, and I really like the way you said this earlier today, is how do we learn something new um, when our ambition potentially outpaces our capacity? So how do we, we fit this exercise of learning new things, taking on new challenges, picking up new hobbies, as is typically the case in our house? <laughs> Um, when, when we, um, maybe at capacity. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a, it's, it's a good topic. It, it's a really fun exercise, I think, to, uh, to think that through, uh, for us. And it, it might be, I hope, interesting for others to, yeah. to hear at least how we puzzle through it. And not that we have like one particular, uh, this is the three-step formula. Let me <laughs> give you a link bait to click on the thing. Nah, we just, um, this, this is something that, that we work on a yeah, lot. Yeah, and, and I think it's a constant yeah. evolving process. But I will say, Robbie, I feel like the last, at least for me, I'll say, um, the last year, year and a half, this has become a lot less stressful for me. I've had some kind of uh, mind shifts or um, cognitive shifts um, with looking at life more holistically, looking at life uh, more as, um, and we, I think we both read this book, but um, with the book that talked about the tiling your life and how mm. do you um, mosaic tile. So it isn't yeah. as compartmentalized, I guess, as I had been trying to make it previously. I think that was actually really helpful. I mean, and, and that kind of thing where, where sometimes just the, the right idea, the right framing, the right metaphor, it becomes a, a really functional, um, helpful thought to, to, to visit and use to apply to other thoughts. So for instance, I, can I just drill down quick? Into yes, please Two do. things like, so for, uh, first the, the book you were, you're referring to is I know how she does it, how successful women make the most of their time by Laura Vanderkam. And I really like that book. I, and as do I, I thought it was uh, really useful, fantastically helpful for um, helping with. A, okay. So if you, you encounter some, the, this word, a uh, uh, reframe, yep. it's pretty darn helpful and powerful, right? It's not, um, it's not hocus pocus or baloney and uh, a placebo effect alone. It is a, um, Mind shift. Yeah, it, it's a mind shift. And I encountered two, two great books um, um, that, that mentioned, well, I think it was a few. But say, I could, yeah, a bunch right now I think are it, out it's there. It's kind with, of in the, in the time, in our time, yeah. that people who are thinking about uh, working through trying to de- be, you know, be less stressed out and you know, less do more useful Less stressed or things. more at peace or yeah. Um, yeah, all of those kinds of things. I'm taking a little bit to drill down. I will come back to the, um, to the, the other. That's okay. Point. But like the, um, uh, cause there was a book called, um, 
The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal. I think we already mentioned it, but it's worth yeah, re-mentioning. Absolutely. Talked a lot about the idea of mindset. Mindset um, and uh, framing are really helpful tools as far as, well, how do you look at this situation? Is, is um, you know, capture some notes about the currently, like, really most stressful things going on in your in your life. And then ask yourself the question, would your life be more meaningful without those things in it? Right. It, that's a really useful ex- exercise. It is a really useful exercise. It's it's a very good way of, I guess, reframing. I'm just going to say the same words mm-hmm. over again, but reframing kind of the situation. I think the um, path for me had been the I know how she does it book followed by the upside of stress. And and I think that the concepts really build off of each other. Mm-hmm. I think you can read them in either order, right? They're not related, but... Um, for me, that was kind of the path that has allowed me, I'm going to kind of jump to the end, has allowed me to, to feel more confidence in taking on learning more th- new things, um, picking up new skills, because I don't have the pressure on myself to feel like, oh, I've got to do this immediately. Mm-hmm. That and all of my motivational Pinterest board quotes. <laughs> You right? know, the right, the right motivational poster, the cutest cat at the right time. That's right. Hang in there. Does make a difference. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm only being half facetious with right. that. Um, so the metaphor uh, you mentioned was um, mosaic tiling. And that's sort of a reframing thing that helps with this, this um, expectation management for, okay, Ah, I'm excited to learn these three new things or this one new thing. And it, it takes up a, a, a certain chunk of time and you have other commitments, you know, um, work, um, other roles, community, um, you name it. Podcasts. Tiles. Yeah. And they don't have to happen all every single day. And so if, um, and I think, you know, the, the, so a mosaic tiled image is typically, um, you don't get the whole image in every tile, right? Right. It's, it's all broken up and ar- arranged to, you know, form almost like a pixel art, you know, little yeah. color building block version of an image that, that is comprised with multiple tiles over some space. Yeah. Well, and I think the other kind of concept in there along with the mosaic tiles is, you know, looking at the whole picture as opposed to saying, um, today I did or did not get X done. Um, and what I think, how it, I got to tell you, what's funny is one of the ways it resonated for me is something I've long, long known and understood and practiced when it comes to kids and their eating habits. Like you can't just look at what your toddler ate today because you will either think they're, you know, malnourished or, or on their way to childhood obesity, depending on the day. Mm. But if you look at what a toddler eats over a week or even over three days, depending on, you know, your kid. But if you look at it, I mean, we've got a kid that, you know, some days she hardly eats a thing and other days she eats like a champ. And same thing from like the standpoint of is she eating healthy or not? Mm. Most days she eats very healthy. And some days you're just kind of like, ay, ay, ay. 
not so good. You know, how much mac and cheese can one person eat? <laughs> um, but at any rate, same kind of concept, right? You can't just look at the one small thing. You need to, to expand this and look at this from a, a broader perspective. And what I liked about the I Know How She Does It book is that perspective was a week. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, look at your life over five years and, you know, magically things happen. But it was, <laughs> you know, look at a week and see kind of how are you moving these tiles around to get, you know, sure, maybe you've got one long work day in there, but then you've got another day where, you know, maybe you. It's time to do some reading at your kid's school or right. whatever, where, where, you know, you've made these trade-offs and, and giving yourself the, uh, the agency to say, well, I know that over a week, I will be able to shift and work things out where the commitments are all going to be met. And uh, that flexibility leads to more resilience and less brittle planning, where if it's like every single day is a rocket launch, there's a lot of things that go wrong where NASA calls those off, right? Right. And that... That's that 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 is difficult. This now now okay. One day maybe you're pretty resilient and you're like okay yeah. that that didn't work out. Now what about two days, three days, four days? And if all you're looking at as far as how like are you checking all the right boxes every single day, and that's the only like measuring feedback stick. loop yeah. of like wow that was a great day. Um, it's it's brittle. So yeah, break it up, shift it around, let it be mosaic tiled over a week, and um. Yeah. And even longer sometimes, because you know what I can tell you in, in the industry that I work in, you know, um, there are times of year, right, that are incredibly busy. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, or I'm able to now, I think, um, have a little bit better perspective instead of being in it and, and feeling like, you know, my life is um, unbalanced or... Um, well, I untenable, can, unsustainable, yeah. because... Um, in the context of other weeks now, like this, you know, the, this all does work out over the course of, yeah. you know, a few months. So I think what we're saying for both of us, it's been a big, these um, couple of books have been a big, um, made a big impact on how we approach learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess from a pretty theoretical standpoint, I don't know, is theoretical the right word there, but. Well, theory in what the, um, like guiding principles and ideas and sort of methods as they're, you know, like learning them uh, as a concept. But then uh, as we've applied them, uh, I think it, it comes out of experience too, where that's why I, I, I do feel not just really good, like, oh, I, re- I, I, I do this pretty frequently whenever I finish a book and if I'm excited about it and maybe if I've applied little to none of it, I still have this excitement of like, oh my God, then, but it's still in theory, right? It's not like I've applied it. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Okay. But like we've read these books like over, you know, maybe the the last year and a half. Absolutely. And And reread. And I was just going to say, and and gone back to them and kind of reread and reframed Mm -hmm. or rephrase. Revised, revisited. Revisited is the word I was trying to come up with. Thank you. Wow. That just escaped my, my head. Um, They think the third book that is also has been mindset, um, the, the psychology of success. And that is, uh, by Carol Dweck, mm. that book, um, which I haven't gotten all the way through. I've mm-hmm. gone through the other two, but I know that's a, another one that 
you also... Well, I mean, she's a pioneer in the in the area yeah. of mindset psychology. psychology. Yeah, absolutely. Which is... Uh, so that's like drilling down into like, well, okay, where where did this come from? And question your sources. Because of, I, I would imagine if... Um, I would imagine anyone listening to this podcast is someone that isn't isn't just looking for a broadcast of unquestioned, unquestioned and unquestionable <laughs> in, uh, information. And, uh, and it's, it's so on one hand, I, I I'll have this like rubber band effect of like, Oh gosh, this is so awesome. And then say, wait a minute, where'd this come from? And so right. essentially those getting, you know, if, if, if those you, you get through, um, uh, I know how she does it, which is loosely related to the reframing but i I think an example of someone just living reframing right yep i would agree with that but then also well uh, get more into some more practical and um like a hybrid of practical and theoretical that's that's where the the whole upside of stress Stress, is but then getting more in the into the theory still somewhat practical but like you know and you're getting further and further toward theory and where it comes from how how where 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 did these the study behind it? Yeah. How did this emerge in this? Yeah. Yes. Studies behind it. Awesome. And in the science of psychology. So knowing those things and kind of with that as our backdrop, mm-hmm. what are, what are some of your approaches? Um, some ways that you tackle when you want to learn something new? <laughs> um, Cause I think mm-hmm. you have a lot of strategies now I've said, yeah, strategies, approaches. I don't okay. know. How, I don't know how you categorize it. Well, how do I categorize it? Because right, I I'm not going to reframe your question. Um, <laughs> it, it's my strategy now is I I think I work in a zone. I work in a zone that sort of at the center of the zone are my like a particular commitment. Okay. That likely represents something that I want to practice and learn more about and also test what I currently understand and maybe see what happens when Are, I test that. I'm just seeing if I understand. Are you mm-hmm. saying that you, when you want to learn something new, you make a some type of commitment? I often do. <laughs> I yeah. think you do. I just was curious if you were owning that. <laughs> I do. So if, if I want to... Um, learn how to build a house. No, I haven't done that one, thankfully. Yeah. But like learn more about the Raspberry Pi, right? This this thing that that I had this um, on my radar, this kind of loving affection, curiosity, desire to explore further, uh, admiration for like some some of the people and projects that have that have utilized it. Yeah. And related technologies, of course, like uh, the Arduino. Um, Arduino and Raspberry Pi are essentially... um, they are uh, little computer systems. One is more specific purpose. One is more general purpose. Raspberry Pi is essentially a computer that is on a little board that's about as big as a cell phone. And you can pretty much use it for almost anything. Right. And you can build these and you can buy these um, computer basically kits. You know, I think the Raspberry Pis are $40, $50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on the kits and stuff that you get. I think list is like 35 but... Depending on demand and all that stuff, um, you know, much like if you want to buy a new video game system, sometimes you can only find a bundle and you end up getting, you know, getting the bundle, which isn't quite as cheap as the system on its own. Anyway, the uh, so I've 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 really wanted to um, get further into that and explore it. 
And so I committed to um, teaching a workshop about it. So there you go. You're going to learn trial by fire. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, okay. And it's not um, starting out saying I'm going into a space that is completely out of my skill set, right? I've, well, right. It's not like you decided to take up a plumbing project or something. You you yeah. know enough about coding and computers. Coding, computers, um, let's see. You've built several, so. Built built several. The, the Well, and also uh, I've taught many workshops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I used that sort of existing foundation as a way to jump off into some newer territory. And, um, but it wasn't like completely unrealistic. So unrealistic would be like, okay, asking yourself, what does it, what would it, what it, would this require of me to deliver something, some successful outcomes, right? And essentially, um, that one, I couldn't check the box of, I don't, I don't know what is, what interesting fun examples I could use the Raspberry Pi for firsthand. I had some ideas. Sure. But like, I better get that firsthand experience and then also break that down into something that would be interesting to. Okay. So your first step was to make a commitment and probably not the first step, but well, you, it's like early step. Be is you inspired made a commitment. and hunt. There's that hunting of like, this isn't that far out of my reach. Right. But it's out of my reach. But you were talking about being in a zone. Yeah. So it's in that zone. Um, of like, okay, I, this is a little bit out of my reach. I'm going to make that the center of the zone and like, um, do some, uh, exploration around it to be able to live up to the commitment because the commitment is, is the focus to know like, well, I know I am able to, um, I've learned something about this. Well, and I'll also say too, with this particular example, doing a workshop for you with, you know, with the raspberry Pi, um, I know you well enough to know that you have incredibly high standards about your workshops. So like that's a a high bar that you've now set for yourself that you're going to learn something and have it in one of your workshops. And is that, and as, as in, okay, so that high bar does create a higher cost for that commitment. And so working that commitment in, in the context of, well, I'm going to learn this new thing while meeting other commitments yeah. and needing to, um, you know, tile it because maybe some weeks I have more time to work on this. Right. And some weeks I don't. And, or there's tr- sort of a trend of like not having time to work on it. And then the how, commitment is this. And how you get there. And yeah. I think that's when, um, that's an interesting puzzle. So I'm going to take and share that. I have almost an opposite approach like if i'm going to learn something new if i've decided right i've got the the inspiration or the interest in learning something new mm-hmm. um sometimes i do what you're saying and i'll make a commitment to it and i'll share an example of that but more often for me i'm not i go the complete opposite where i'm absolutely not going to make any commitment until i know and fully understand mm. but then what that does is it allows you to push that then to the back burner over and over again because you don't have that commitment kind of pushing you forward and driving you. And my example is, is this year for Solstice, um, I picked a very um, fun and very inspired um, sewing project Hmm. to do for the girls for Solstice. And I 
you know, I had made that basically then that commitment to myself that this is going to be a gift I'm going to give a different kind of commitment, right? Oh yeah. You know, it's not that different. Um, and so then that was kind of what pushed me forward to kind of complete my learning in order to be able to, um, so the mermaid tales for the kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is, so it's essentially, um, they are a, like a sleeping bag like thing that looks like a mermaid tail. Right. Yeah. So that's, they use it when they watch movies and they get their mermaid tails on and they curl up in, in a blanket. And you know, the sewing of it itself wasn't that it just, it was working with a lot of different types of fabric I hadn't worked with. It was working at a larger scale. I'm used to sewing smaller things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it was super fun. So, but that one had, so that's an example of uh, something that, that does have, um, like, well, it has a deadline yeah, and it has sort of um, this purpose that you want it to live up to, like. Yeah. And I had. Like, um, like a delightful gift. A, do- a delightful gift, but also, as I was saying with your workshops, uh, pride and quality. Mm, yeah. Right. I sewed, you know, part of it and it was like all funky mm. and, you know get out that seam ripper because I'm not going to give this. I want these to turn out really nice. Right. So that is actually really similar uh, and a great example of, of yeah, learning and adapting. It's you, you knew uh, you had practiced sewing for a few years, right? right? So it wasn't unrealistic, but yet had that tension to it of the, the commitment angle. Now, what about something that, um, that, that has been working uh, working out in an acceptable way that doesn't have that commitment. Do you have a, something that fits that bill? Yeah. And it's interesting to think about because, um, I definitely find that this, my skill doesn't grow as quickly if there isn't that commitment. So I think of, um, some of the metal stamping, Mm. I have ideas and inspiration again on my Pinterest boards. Mm -hmm. I have all sorts of ideas and inspiration, but I need more practice. Mm Mm-hmm. And without any kind of commitment out there, um, in a, again, back to the mosaic tiling, it's the thing that kind of shuffles to the bottom. Hmm. It's the, it, it's the, it's a familiar create creative process, double-edged sword of right. deadlines come with stress. One edge is deadline and the, the deadline stress and the other edge is like, well, I actually get to finish this and I have this new capability right? or, or practice in this existing capability and, and ah, deadlines seem so, I don't know, easy, easy to, to dismiss. Like, well, that's not, you know, that important or whatever, but like they come with a commitment oftentimes because, well, it's about meeting in some expectation by a certain date for an event. Yeah. And yet, um, I don't know. I, I think it's easy to, to try to dismiss them, but, um, important. Like the, I think we have some examples that point out the um, importance, incredible value. Do you have examples um, of the opposite where you don't have the deadline driving and you've got, Oh, I, yeah, I do. Like the, the, uh, I, I don't know, leaky ambitions. Um, Ooh, what is that? <laughs> leaky le- ambitions. Leaky ambitions. It's a new, it's a new, uh, section on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So that like, uh, tuning in to particular areas of interest, getting excited about things that, that, that emerge there, like, well, following stuff on Pinterest or, 
um, you know, different podcasts you like and, and things and concepts that, that they mention, or going to a conference and seeing the kind of things that people built that and the, and the sort of uh, audience they served or how they pulled it off, that can all be super inspiring. And um, so sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll tune in to some of those sources of inspiration and uh, sort of allow myself to consume ideas and media around it that don't really serve like a particular deadline or purpose. But then I kind of, I get so interested that I'll start to just noodle and poke around at Mm, it. Sure. And, um, kind of that, you know, it's, it's an area that you're interested in. You kind of keep actually working on it or thinking about it, I guess. Well, it's not just thinking about it. It is working on it, but it's very inconsistent. Because for me, and I get not... those, but I, it's just something that I'm kind of working on in the back of my brain. Um, and I'll spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, getting ready in the morning, you know, plotting and planning different um, creative things, mm. but not actually practicing. Doing the visualization exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and that's that's what's difficult difficult about leaky ambitions is that I don't see a lot of great output coming from them necessarily. Sure. Um, and it, it's mixed. So I suppose there's one end of this of the spectrum that is like that extreme of like I'm inspired and I'm listening to this stuff, and then maybe I will, um, you know, I'll buy like a makey makey, right? And a makey makey is a uh, um, <laughs> Arduino. Uh, board that is in the shape of sort of a, like a classic game controller that oh, sure. it has this um um where the, you know, all these wires and stuff and you can attach it to like fruit or tin foil or whatever and create these like button inputs that then you can control stuff you know software whatever and until your fruit goes rotten until sure but yeah probably it's only those are not set up as long term Oh, installations, got right? it. That's not long term. Yeah. So, so I have a makey makey. I've poked around with it a couple times, but but and and was like, oh, neat! I can make a quarter cause a space bar to do stuff on my computer, and then I don't come back to it. Right. Yeah. Do you have a lot of use for a quarter? Is like pay a quarter to hit the space bar? It rep- the quarter is a was a convenient placeholder. Gotcha. To, well, no, um, and it's to cool be an to, input for the makey makey to kind of play around with those things. I get what you're saying and explore, right? Exploration I, is I important. It play. That, that's a good way to, to characterize. Like there's a certain kind of play that represents that area that some part of me wants that play to turn into something else. But I am less stressed and judgmental about that as far as my own output to, sure. to keep it playful. So when you have um, a leaky ambition, which I'm guessing when we have these, we initially probably don't know that that's what they are, right? Um, hmm. Are these things that need to be prioritized? Hmm. Ah, well, okay. Clearly, if you have other other commitments and roles and, and things surrounding that, um, yeah. Because if all you work on are leaky ambitions, like what kind of results are you bringing about? And that um because let's say you commit to doing a workshop and it goes pretty bumpy you still brought something you you have a creative output a creative event something happened it's something you can learn from and go like well why did that go 
not like yeah, I thought absolutely. it would. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've said this on other podcasts, but we believe in, you know, making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you learn more from those mess ups than from everything going right. At least I do. Yeah. I, I, well, gosh. It, well, if everything goes right in a way that you weren't like accidental success is actually really frustrating when I'm experimenting on something. Um, because then I'm like, well, oh, awesome. Now there's this puzzle, this, this, this success hiding a mystery where I'm like, I don't know how this worked. Why did this <laughs> oh, no. work? Yeah. How do I do this again? And yeah. yeah, that, that repeatable thing. Yeah. So when I kicked off tonight, we talked, I talked about, um, our ambitions outpacing our capacity. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, one reason this can happen, at least for us, is we have a great many things that we're inspired by and interested in, and we're constantly um, exploring different things. So whether it be podcasts or um, we do a lot of curating of at home here, um, YouTube videos of inspiring things, Mm -hmm. right, of different science and art um, activities, um, the other night we were eating ice cream sandwiches and I'm like, oh, I want to see how ice cream sandwiches are made. And so we pulled up a video of, you know, mm-hmm. how are ice cream sandwiches made? Um, these kind of things that so we kind of have a constant stream of inspiration coming in. And that can lead to, you know, what we just spoke about with the leaky ambitions, but also um, that ambition that we have of learning new things really outpacing our capacity. Well, especially if that does lead to one of the, one of those commitments that's meant to drive your learning. Yeah. And then oh, I'm starting to see kind of a, a timeline. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. A little progression. A little Starts progression. Out a, a little baby interest and it turns into a, you know, a hunched over. I build over, a flow chart. Yeah. Hunched over curiosity. That's like a commitment or no, like a, um, a leaky ambition that's starting to stand up. <laughs> the whole evolution chart. Anyway, um, we might have to draw this. Not a bad idea. Flow chart out. Yeah. Flow it out. Interesting. This first t-shirt concept for Ooh. art and science punks. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. It, see if it's good or not. Because my visual for leaky ambition right now is not something you want to wear on t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So we'll see. Uh what what was I going to explore? Ambition outpacing capacity. Oh, yeah. How do you okay. how do you solve for that? Real life gets in the can way. Can you solve for that, please? Can I can <laughs> I solve for that? Well, well, okay. I would like to take capacity for five hundred points. <laughs> what is? Uh, okay. How do you solve for that? Um, I I think it's about uh, reframing and negotiation, because. Uh, well, negotiation with your own assumptions. I was just going to ask who we're negotiating with. Yourself. Time and space continuum? Totally. So time travel is an option. And if that's your, if you have that in your back pocket, I... Please send us a, ne- a please, note on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, then, otherwise, uh, you have the ability to uh, re- reframe and adjust and like respecify and adapt your project to what you have available to, to, to bring about. And that is not entirely like that. That isn't a failure in any way, shape or form because um, you have to iterate. I mean, that's key to 
success, I think. Well, adapting and learning and yeah. Yeah, adapt, iterate, however you, you know, depending on where you're at in the process. Sometimes it's an adaptation, sometimes it's an iteration, sometimes it's um, a shift, a complete shift. Like I'm... Well, yeah, because the complete shift would be like, all right, what if... You can what if me too. All right, but like what if though... um, you didn't have the time to finish the mermaid tale. What would you do? What if I didn't have the time to finish the mermaid tales? Well, the typical answer in our house is stay up really late. Okay. So that would honestly, that makes sense. Well, that's, you can find more capacity or, or essentially steal from another um, um, the other thing I could have done yeah. is I could have um, trimmed the project back. So to be honest, it was two mermaid tails for the children and doll-sized mermaid tails. Mm-hmm. So I could have completed one or the other. Um, right. I could have moved the timeline out. Yep. I have a project I'm working for, uh, working on for you, and it's not done in time for solstice. Maybe you'll get it for New Year's. Okay. I mean, those would be, I guess, off the top of my head. Or your birth- birthday. Or yeah. your birthday, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, very realistic, very much, um, very necessary because, uh, other commitments, other roles can lead to reducing your capacity. Your day job has a seasonal uptick in like, well, this is the big time where we, you know, get the whatever done for the, for the client, for the who knows. Sure. And that, uh, you know, maybe you foresaw it, maybe you didn't. And either way, here you are, and what do you do about it? So being, a, you know, being willing to, to ask yourself, well, now what do I do about this? What led me here? Because um, am I really attached to this? Like learning typically isn't just one thing. Uh, you can right. bundle a whole skill into one word, and really it's way more than that. There's a whole depth of stuff you know, checklists and stories and stuff behind every darn skill. And maybe, maybe you adjust that where it's like, well, I'm going to make this project simpler. I was excited and and inspired and that helped me get going on this. But now I've got into this situation where I've got a commitment, whatever I renegotiate my commitment with, you know, changing the timeline or I, I I reshape it with myself of like, well, I'm not going to do the same exact thing that I thought that required the same exact skills that I don't fully have right now. Sure. So use the same what if question on the example that you were starting, started out with tonight. Mm -hmm. So doing a workshop with the Arduino. Oh, sure. I'm sorry, the raspberry Pi. No worries. Yeah. Uh, so what would that, so what What would that look like? (laughs) What if you didn't have time to, I had a lot I could have cut from that one. Oh, yeah. Because um, it was about... Did your ambition get large on that one? Oh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to show how this general purpose computer is this amazing learning tool for uh, skills surrounding, um, well, various creative pursuits that could all be channeled toward game development and game development can include a lot, right? So you need to be able to create some kind of interactive experience. And then that interactive experience probably includes something visual, probably includes something audio, yep. includes some kind of logic and code and the ability to take input and react. Art, animation, sound, yep. all those things. Yeah. And that, you know, that That's whole. a lot. Yep. And it was like a, a, a 90 minute workshop. So you could have trimmed back then. I could have trimmed back yeah. quite a bit. 
And, uh, and yet continued your learning, right? So you could have mm-hmm. trimmed back, met that um, commitment, and then continued on with your learning. Exactly. Like w- that, it, that is not the worst situation to be in to say, um, wow, there, there is more depth here that I, that I want to explore. I guess I'll have to keep exploring. Yeah. Great. I think that's, um, that's a, a cool concept and I think a, a nice kind of wrap to what we've been talking about. Um, with learning and how we approach learning, especially when our ambition, um, inspiration, excitement um, gets leaky <laughs> and <laughs> hits capacity. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our picks for tonight? Yeah, let, let's do that. Do you want to start tonight? Okay. So tonight I am picking some uh, some science. science science picks. And it's these are really easy. And I think... I will probably, you know, explore things that are more, you know, code and and engineering based in the future. But for now, I really think podcasts are awesome. I'm an audible. I I tend to um, I think my my sort of learning approach is is um, definitely hands on and it can work well with audio and video. And especially if I'm doing something to um, express what I'm learning and or draw what I'm learning anyway. Okay. But sure. like all that stuff. I mean, so I, that's like background. One of the many reasons why I like podcasts. Well, and it's also, I think speaks to what we were talking about earlier tonight with how do you learn and, and what mm-hmm. do you do when you're learning something new? I mean, it's true. You do dive into the podcast community quite a bit when you're um, exploring new mm-hmm. areas. Oh yeah. It'll totally change. Well, um, I use the application uh, Overcast on iOS to subscribe to podcasts, and uh, yeah, that that changes what I'm subscribed to based on what I'm trying to learn. Absolutely, and sort of um, long term interest and um, practice with uh, just having some nice information that I'm that I'm consuming that is a, a combination of entertaining entertaining and uh, interesting and informative is, uh, well, first is the, you are not so smart podcast. I'm turning my pick into two podcasts. Oh, I see how you're doing this. Okay. Yeah, I know. Dun, dun, dun. So you are not so smart. I have a hard time not hacking rules. All right. Um, (laughs) this is true. Yeah. I can vouch for that fact. (laughs) The, you are not so smart podcast is um, uh, something put out by David McCraney and uh, he wrote the book uh, You Are Now Less Dumb and also the book You Are Not So Smart but You Are Not Less Dumb is the sequel and so he is a psychologist and um, a a creative person who does a lot of interviews and explores and, and talks with people who are practitioners and researchers in the areas of um well I suppose sort of how we decide things. Oh, and sure. Yeah. So a bit of it is behavioral economics. A bit of it is um, just general psychology. Some of it is cognitive biases and logical fallacies. And he'll have like series based on this, this, you know, these different concepts and do deep dives. It's a wonderful podcast. Awesome. It sounds great. Yeah. And so, so why would you listen to something like that is, um, I mean, how you think will affect how you learn. And how you think is something that um, is, for many of us, something that we can reshape more than we can reshape other parts of our capabilities. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, just the example you gave with behavioral economics, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, with, you know, how you're approaching tiling or reframing or your, um, your mindset can really be based on some of that behavioral economics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what do we perceive as being more beneficial, less beneficial and how we go about evaluating those things? are, um, yeah, you are not so smart is an awesome, awesome podcast for, uh, just having that kind of, uh, it's entertainment, entertaining and informative. One of the things, uh, the entertaining thing, it's really inspiring where, okay, yeah, he's doing these interviews, right? Sure. But then often many episodes end with him, <laughs> uh, eating a cookie based on a recipe that, a uh, listener has sent in a cookie recipe. I know. Right. Wow. How brilliant. Yeah. And he was reacting to eating a cookie. And so maybe you're like, wow, that was pretty heavy, David. And then like at the end of it, he's like, oh, mm, cookie mm, oatmeal raisin, my favorite. And the, that, that, that section of the podcast is sort of, um, the, the transitional stinger is, um, cookie monster singing C is for cookie. Oh, nice. I just, that's just a big. That, that is nice. That's delightful. So that is delightful. anyway. Great, great pick. So, my pick is made of two podcasts. Your pick is made of two podcasts. All right. What do you have? What's the second half of your pick? Okay. Second half of my pick, which is a whole podcast, is is uh, Star Talk Radio. Star Talk Radio. Now that's mm. a great podcast too. Super awesome. Where uh, Neil... Neil, well, it's, okay, Star Talk Radio is, oh, this is funny. I have a fractal pick because it's, it's, it divides up again where uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has this sort of podcast called Star Talk Radio that there's like the prime one where it is Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host, with a comedic co-host then interviewing someone on a topic and or responding to the audience with um, their cosmic queries. And it is awesome if you if you are curious about space and um, anything related to off this planet, even on this planet, because you have then uh, Star Talk Radio All Stars start, and that is like this extra podcast in the same feed where other other hosts come in, like um, uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh yeah, it's so awesome to hear him. And so then he also, hosts yeah. then. Yeah. And is Neil on those or not no. on those? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it, it, it keeps more podcasts in the feed, I would bet. Sure. And it's, uh, it's still awesome because they have, um, so whoever like Bill, Bill Nye, the science guy who is super awesome himself might be talking about, um, the topic of, well, global warming. And then you also have, he also has a, a comedic co-host, which is often, but not always, uh, like Chuck Nice, who I, I've just grown to really appreciate as well, who is, is like a comedian who cares a lot about science. Oh, fantastic. That's cool. So, so fun. So nourishing. All right. Any other secret podcasts in your podcast right. pick? Nope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm really curious about your pick. It can be just one pick and that's not a bad thing. Mine, well, it's funny because mine is... Not quite as fractal as yours, um, but I have an art pick. Okay. And my art pick is um, burlap embroidery. Hmm. <laughs> so what this is is um, kind of an initial um, 
hand sewing activity for kids. And I'm talking little, little kids. I have done this with um, kids as young, even under the age of two. Where I've seen you bring this on camping trips. Yeah, you know, we've done it on with, camping With families trips. and whatnot, yeah. And so it's a fantastic um, fine motor activity. It's also, you know, again, a, an early sewing skill. What you do is you take an embroidery hoop. You know, you can get the embroidery hoops at, you know, Michael's or Joanne or the dollar store for, you know, 50 cents. And instead of putting like a, a cloth or an embroidery thing in there, you put a piece of burlap in there. So they've got the big wide holes. Mm. And then you take your embroidery thread and put it on a plastic needle. And you can get, you know, plastic needles. Again, all of your little stores will have those kind of big fat plastic needles. Put the embroidery thread on, tie a big knot in it, and let the kids kind of just go up and down and up and down and just make colors on the on the burlap. It's a fantastic and then change colors. I always bring a huge rainbow of colors and, you know, they go through one string and I, you know, quickly I'm getting ready the next one. What's the um, uh, string made out of? Um, it's just embroidery floss. Oh. Now, typically, if you're going to actually do embroidery, um, you take the embroidery floss and it's made up of like, I'm going to say nine, I don't know how many, but nine little strings. And you take like one or two, depending on what your, how fine of art yours is. But you leave it whole for the kids. So you do go through a little bit more embroidery floss, but you can buy the really cheap stuff and, you know, let them kind of go to town making just different abstract designs. And then the older kids can start to kind of make um, less abstract designs. Maybe they want to make a flower or a heart um, is typically what's happened when we've done this um, with uh, the kids camping. But we also, like I said, I've done it with all sorts of different children, including ours. Um, so that's my art pick is the the burlap embroidery. But I want to give a shout out to um, a book that this actually came from, which is The Creative Family. Um, so The Creative Family book is by um, Amanda Blake Soul, and she has so many wonderful, beautiful um, ways to integrate art into your family life and tell some uh, really wonderful stories. It's a fantastic book, but that's one of the places where um, I first came around, came across, you know, you know, I think putting the burlap in and using that as, um, as your option. Mm. So that's, that's a fun one. Yeah. So that's my art pick. All right. Um, and one thing I've seen when, when you've done this is like um, it leads to so many, especially if there are a lot of kids like seeing like, well, what are you working on? What am I working on? And also um, just like how much did you, did you put a lot of thread in, into this one or a little? And what colors? Mm -hmm. and, and it does really allow for different levels to kind of all play and participate at the same, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, as long as you've got enough, you know, kind of stuff for everybody, um, which isn't hard to do. But because um, the older kids can, again, start making an actual design. Well, of something sorts. intentional, it's, like yeah, a flower or a tree. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a fun one. So that's my art pick for the night. Ah, really good. Really good. And I think that wraps us up for today. We have a blog at artandsciencepunks.com and our podcast feed is at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. And I have been Rob Stenzinger, where I'm at Rob Stenzinger on Twitter. And I've been Kate Stenzinger, where I'm at Kate Stenzinger on Twitter. We are the Art and Science Punks coming to you each week with stories of art, science, and creativity. 
And oftentimes stories or struggles and some even successes of balancing our personal passions with the work and family, those mosaic tiles we talked about tonight. Hope you've had a great time with us tonight. (laughs) 